I was born in South Carolina. I am the, the youngest of two. I was born to a single teenage mom, and my mom was incredible. Absolutely amazing woman who really taught me a lot. I'm Costa Rican, born, raised, everything, but my mom isn't. She is Colombian. Oh. And we... I have three brothers, three older brothers, and we were all raised in a farm, basically, far away from the town, basically. I'm Californian, the the far off land of, of California. I was born in uh, Los Angeles, North Hollywood, specifically in uh, Southern California, and that's where I grew up. Welcome to 3D View, one conversation, three different perspectives. I'm Lamondre Pugh. I am David Perez. And I'm Richard Strice. Thank you for joining us. Today we want to have a getting to know you session. We recognize that 3D View is really about three different perspectives from three different generations. And we usually have one conversation, one topic that we focus on. And it dawned on us that, hmm, maybe you don't know us quite that well. And honestly, maybe we don't know each other quite that well either. And so we wanted to take this time to give you some insight onto where we come from, who we are. So maybe you can better understand our perspectives. Maybe you can better understand some of the insights that we come with. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do a three-way interview. So we'll ask questions, we'll talk about it, and just, as I said, get to know each other. And we invite you to join us on this getting to know you venture. So I'll start. So I was born in South Carolina. I am the, the youngest of two. I was born to a single teenage mom and my mom was incredible. Absolutely amazing woman who really taught me a lot. And what I mean by that is, is this, I was born with spinal muscular atrophy and I was diagnosed at 18 months old. And when I was first diagnosed, it was said that I would not live to be five years old. And in their professional estimation, I would be a quote, vegetable, unquote. And this is, these are their words, not mine or my mom. And the advice given to my single teenage mom was to put me in a home and, and just let me do my thing. Well, my mom was like, I, I can't do that. What else should I do? And they said, what have you been doing? She said, loving him. And they said, then that's what you do. You take him home and you love him. And my mom's approach to, to loving me was this. It didn't matter what, how much time we had. It didn't matter what the prognosis was, but what was important to her was that while we were together, that she would instill in me the things that I would need to survive and to survive well. Because who knows, I just may have had a chance uh, at survival. And that's what she did. And so my mom always taught me self-reliance. My mother always taught me upholding your own self-worth. She would say things to me like, people will treat you the way you teach them to treat you. She would tell me things like, people will smile at you and pat you on your head because you're cute. And I'm still cute, by the way. Uh, because you're cute, people will pat you on your head and tell you how cute you are. But if you don't go after it yourself, if you don't make your own path, they'll never give you the respect or the dignity that you so desire. So 
my mom really helped to shape a lot of that and growing up as a black man in the South and a black man in the South with a disability really helped to shape and inform much of how I see the world. And that's kind of like a beginning perspective for me. And as I said, as we go through this, uh, we'll ask each other some questions and we'll get a little bit more deeply and a little more deeper into the stories of who we are and what we are. Gentlemen, I invite you to share. Who are you, David Perez? <laughs> I'm Costa Rican, born, raised, everything, but my mom isn't. She is Colombian. Oh. And we, I have three brothers, three older brothers, and we were all raised in a farm, basically, far away from the town, basically. So we were separated. So we had to be our own friends. Right. <laughs> we had to play amongst ourselves and the closest thing to my house was a little shop where they sell candies and things and it was too far away for us to walk to so not even that all around us green and cows and nothing nothing else right so i had to have my my brothers become my best friends and the, the kids that i play with all my life so I was born and raised as a family man, basically. <laughs> That's that, that, that was my life all the way through high school. And when I went into college, I, I just knew that I wanted to study something that had to do with international things. I didn't mm. really know what I wanted to do. So I got into political science. Mm. Because political science was something somewhat related to international things. And... Being there, I, I started looking at my life and how much life I had in front of me and, and what I wanted to do with it. And I decided that I really wanted to do something that actually meant something more right. than the, the strange or the, the separated part of politics of actually creating policies and not even knowing if they're going to affect the people that you're creating the policies for. I really wanted to do something impactful. I didn't know what that was going to look like, what, what that meant, anything. Right. But I, I knew that I had to try. And I thought maybe diplomacy helps in, in that. And I got into a master's degree in diplomacy. I started studying that and realized I was way off. <laughs> it had nothing to do with what I wanted to do. But it showed me what I really wanted. I, I wanted a family. Mm. I, I wanted stability. I wanted to be able to... To, to build what I had as a kid. And that's what brought me to, to figure out some other way to, to do things. And uh, then I was working at UNESCO and then I met Deborah and now I'm working in disability inclusion. It's been a trip. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that I'm jumping that, that I'm not telling here. It's sort of a summary, but in, in essence, I'm Costa Rican. I have a passion for doing something that that impacts the world and makes it better. And I'm very much a family man. I really want yeah. my family to be well, all of them, because they they have been there for me every single day of my life. And I just want to be there for them. Fantastic. And I tell you what, we're going to dig a little bit more into those passions in a second. But Richard, who are you, man? You're muted. 
Can't hear you, Richard. We can't hear you, Richard. <laughs> oh, sorry. They were, I've, I was on mute, which I normally am not on when we're recording, but they're actually jackhammering cement right underneath me. Uh, that comes on. I apologize. They've been doing that all day. I thought they had stopped, but no, they're still at it. Anyway, who am I? But as I said, when my mic was off, as soon as I know, I'll, I'll let you guys know, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I was, I'm Californian, the, the far off land of, of California. And I was born in uh, Los Angeles, North Hollywood, specifically in uh, Southern California. And that's where I grew up. And as a result of that, I ended up getting into the entertainment industry, but that's a little further down the road or down the way from how I started. I'm, I'm number four out of six kids. So there was eight of us in the household growing up. And my dad was a, was a mechanic. That was when I was, when I was born, that's what he was a, and my mom stayed at home and raised uh, six kids. We're all about a year apart from each other. So all six of us were born in 10 years, which is a long time. So my mom had her hands full and, and I think growing up was not, it was certainly no luxury or no independent wealth. And it was, it was tough growing up. Everything was stretched to the absolute limit. Shoes uh, went through all six of us. It was, it was tough times. And similar to David, like you said, we, as a result of that, the, the schools that my mom was insistent that we went to were uh, parochial schools, which were at the time and in the area we were at, the better schools, the college prep schools, if you will. And so that's where all the resources went to, which was great, except for the class system that existed in schools from an economic standpoint. We were in the same class, but nowhere near the same class. And to put that in perspective, I went to school in in, in the area of Toluca Lake and and Hollywood, where there was, or I'm sorry, North Hollywood, and where I went to school with famous kids, actors, kids. This is this were the kids that I went to school with, and and so it. As a result, I was always. I, it was obvious that we were not part of that same group, and and we always had to defend who we were and why we were there, because and kids are cruel, and they didn't think we belonged. To help pay for that, because it was expensive, we actually worked, which I don't know if those if that system exists anymore, but we actually worked in the school to help pay for the tuition. I worked in the library and I worked in the cafeteria scraping food off trays during lunchtime. And, and I wasn't the only one, all of us did, all of us. So from a very early age, work and work ethic was something that was just instilled into us, that there was nothing given, everything had to be earned and, and worked for to attain. And, and my dad worked seven days a week. He was I wouldn't say he was absent because that would be unfair, but he was occupied. He was doing what needed to get done. And so that is, that's the the core foundation of me growing up. By the time I, uh, between, and I, I also worked in the church. I was a choir boy. And that was when I first started getting introduced into music when I was in sixth grade. It was the first year that you were allowed to sing in the choir, in the children's choir. And the music is, as a result, has always been, and still to this day, is a very important part of my life. My mom was a concert pianist, and my dad is a was a master mechanic, and that's the sort of core foundation. Now, as I go through the story, there's 
things changed as we all grew up. My dad went through a number of different careers, which is an amazing story in and of itself. But the examples that my parents gave was that hard and work and dedication to what one does and what one believes in is essential. And I think those are the values that have stayed with me um, through my entire life to this day. Yeah, no, that that's incredible. When you start to think about just how our lives evolve and, and, and from where we come from, it, it, it's amazing to look up and say, wow, and, and I'm here. Because I think about your story in particular, Richard, and I think about, you talked about your childhood and how you grew up. You are a musician yourself. And what instruments do you play? I play uh, violin, piano, single reed uh, instruments, so your saxophones, clarinets, guitar, a little bit, not so much, right. harmonica, viola, and uh, a little bit of cello. Okay, okay, okay. So th- th- this guy's basically Prince, okay? Let's just say <laughs> that Richard is Prince, all right? He plays like a million and five different instruments. And what's so interesting about that, I, when I say he's a musician, he's n- naming these instruments that he plays he is not just a regular musician. This guy is a seated musician, like he has a chair in terms of the ability uh, that he has to play. So he's really an accomplished musician and composer, or, or I'm sorry, a director. Uh, conductor, is, yeah. Yeah, conductor. There we go. Get my words. Conductor, really uh, accomplished in what he does and what he has done. And it's amazing because we, you just wouldn't know. That's not something you would just pick up on. And when I think about David, he talked about passionate about his family and wanting to do something. This is the thing. David is a man of many talents. It really is amazing the level of the level of what he puts out in terms of the quality of it. It really is amazing. And I've known David for what? It's been about what? 2 maybe 3 years now, David. And He's getting, it's every single turn he gets better and better at it. And it's amazing to me because as I'm seeing it, he talked about being passionate about his family and about just wanting to do something that will have an impact. Listen, he is passionate about everything that he does. It's, I don't know anyone who attacks it with as much zeal and as much enthusiasm and as positive and that is as positive as he is in the things that he does. David, when you talk about having an impact, what does that mean for you? What does having an impact mean for you? It's complicated because it's not something that that I was able to explain to myself easily. I just knew that I wanted to do something that had an impact. And this needs a little backstory. I was raised in my family and my family is Catholic, but they were not they didn't practice Catholic. They Catholic weren't good Catholics? Is that all. what you're saying? They weren't good, good Catholics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, we never went to church at all. And that's how, how I was raised. I didn't go to church. I knew that God existed. I knew some of the basics of, of Catholicism, but I didn't really know Catholicism until I was in college. <laughs> and I, I decided by myself to go and go through all the process of actually becoming a full-fledged Catholic. And in, in that, and I was already doing some work with a foundation here in Costa Rica. And I met a man in Limon. 
and he's a man not educated, but he has had a lot of success. And I was talking to him. He was an older man, an older wise man. It sounds like a made up tale, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Roberto and he's in Cahuita and he has a, a restaurant. So I was talking to him one night and he was telling me about, I was just asking him how he was able to have so much success without studying or doing anything because he, he was a community leader. He was doing a lot of things for his community and, and for his family and for everyone around him. So I asked him what it was and he told me about this part of the Bible where, where Jesus talks about giving talents to three different men and then he leaves them or the, the father leaves them and then when he comes back he asks them what they did with those talents and he said that's how i live my life because i know that god gave me some talents gave me things that i had to use to create something and make the world a better place than what i found it and that's what i do every single day and i was like oh that <laughs> that spoke to me that really spoke to me and it, it started fitting into that idea that I already had about making something, doing something that had an impact. And that that has just meant trying to figure it out because I don't know what that impact is, but I know that I, as Lamandre said, I'm very talented in many things. I just try to do everything that I can to figure out what that is. And in the process, I, I've noticed that I've started seeing impact in the things that I'm doing. Seeing impact in the things that I'm doing with Rogue Global, seeing impact in the things that I did with that foundation, seeing impact in what I do for my family. I'm starting to see the impact because I'm starting to realize what I bring to the table is, is helping others. And that's, I guess, what impact means to me, helping others in whatever way they need. Fantastic. Fantastic. Richard, you, again, going back to just an amazing journey thus far. I often joke when I talk to Richard, I always say, Richard is like the guy that whenever something comes up, is like, hey, yeah, I used to do this and I don't care what it is. It could be scuba diving for pufffish in, in, in the Antarctic. <laughs> he would have some kind of real connection to this. But the reason that I bring that up is because Richard, you are also an Imagineer for Disney. A freaking Imagineer yeah. for Disney, man. That is, that, that's amazing. Tell us a little bit, how did that come about? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, what I, the first section that I spoke about was really going up through grade school. And it was shortly after that period of time that I, while I was at grade school, I got interested with production, stage production and entertainment and theatrical production in general all the technical side. I had an aptitude for that, probably because of my father, naturally, with electronics and mechanics. And so things right. came very simple to me in regard to that sort of thing. And as I mentioned, I went to a school that was that was graced with, I don't know about graced, but anyway, they had a, a lot of industry actors, kids, and so involved with these schools. And so whenever they did productions or stage productions, they, they were never small. It was always a one-up machine of what the, each parent could bring to the other. And so, for example, I remember very distinctly when Star Wars came out, we actually had we had R2-D2 and C-3PO come and be in a, in a grade school, grade school 
production of Star Wars. <laughs> the actual, we, we, you know, and this, these were the levels of connections of people that, that we had. Anyway, so to, to your question, I was interested in engaging that. Whenever they needed volunteers to do X, Y, and Z on these productions, I always was front and center. And that built one thing after another. I started doing from school productions. I started helping out on amateur productions around town and in our equity waiver houses, which is an entry level actors uh, studios and, and actor playhouses. And and so by the time I got to into high school, I was already doing uh, as a technical director and a stage and lighting designer for, for plays around town. I was already working and getting paid for doing this. I was getting reviews in newspapers and so forth. And I was fully engaged and involved in in, in that industry. So by the time I got to college, uh, I went to Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks, and then I went to USC in, in Los Angeles. And, and I was part of the um, film and theater school at USC. And when I was there, I was already working professionally at that point in opera in the opera houses and in the I had graduated over time from the equity waiver to the real actually heavily paid uh, industry jobs. And I was working in the opera houses and I was working with just great Zubin Mehta and, and Barishnikov and Sir Peter Hall and so on in in these productions. And it was while I was doing Phantom of the Opera that I got a call from from Walt Disney from a, a VP a design VP who had seen my work around town and a number of different productions, my designs and, and my uh, special effects and so forth that I was engaged in doing, and uh, and asked if I would be interested to to talk to some folks at Walt Disney, and I said sure. That's the way you 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 sort of floated from job to job while you were in a job. You would get calls and prepare for the next job. So I would go from gig to gig uh, using the vernacular of the industry. So I never, I would rarely have gaps in between because I'd have some jobs lined up so that when I was finished with, when that show would close, I would already be working on the next one. Sometimes they would overlap. And so it was like, oh yeah, sure. Hey, Disney, yeah, sign me up. So I went and had an interview uh, with them and, and they brought me on board and I came in as a lighting designer for them. And, and I was there for a dozen years working on everything from restaurants, shops, rides and attractions, and helping d design and develop four theme parks from scratch with them all over the world. And see, and that's the amazing part. When you think of Disney, you think of actually working uh, for Disney, you made the magic in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> you know, you, you were the yeah. magic maker when you think about that. And from that, you went on to create theme parks all over the world. And that's pretty awesome, man, to think about where you began. As you said, your mom was a stay-at-home mom, even though she was an accomplished pianist. Uh, yes, that she gave up, She and, and she did that wholeheartedly. She, I think later on, she, she had some regrets about that, but I can tell you at the time, she never regretted having six kids and passing up on her, on her concert piano career. Absolutely. And your father being a mechanic and other careers, and, but the thing is to, to think about where you came from and what you were able to accomplish in life. And, and, and even listening to David's story about how his passions are led by the concept of having an impact. It makes me think honestly a lot about my life um, coming from 
a single teenage parent being told that I was going to die before I was five. And interestingly enough, it moved up in 10 year increments after I passed the age of five and went to 15 and then 25 and then middle thirties. And eventually it just stopped. So it's, it just won't die. What exactly, is that? What's wrong? Exactly. I'm, I'm the brother that would not die. And uh, what, what, what's interesting about that for me is that I often say either I'm the biggest four year old you've ever seen in your life or they were just wrong. They just had it wrong. But honestly, during that time, that's how they gave those. Whenever you got a diagnosis, a diagnosis of spinal muscular atrophy, they gave the absolute worst case scenario just to prepare you for that. But having that experience, I cling to things like, as David said, impact. Legacy is important to me. Legacy is extremely important to me. And the impact that I will have on this world while I'm here. My thinking is, okay, so after all this said and done, after I've done everything that I can, would the world have benefited from the fact that I've lived, that I've breathed, that I drew breath, that, that I was able to touch something, someone, or make an impact in some way, shape, or form? And honestly, the older I get, the more I think about those things. I have a little cousin. Her name is Ariana. Ariana also has spinal muscular atrophy. And Ariana is 11 years old. And until Ariana was born, I was the only one in the family with spinal muscular atrophy. And once Ariana was born, I thought, whoa, that's okay, cool. We've got somebody else in the family with spinal muscular atrophy. So I want to make certain that I'm there for her to be an example and to share whatever insights I have in life. And that was my approach from the beginning. But one day my mom was speaking to her grandmother and her grandmother told my mom, do you know what my baby said to me? She said that her cousin told her that she can be whatever she wanted to be in this life as long as she was willing to work for it. And she remembered that. Now keep in mind, she was probably about six or seven years old when she said that. I remember the conversation that I had with her. And honestly, I didn't even think that she was even listening to be honest with you, but the fact that she repeated that and I noticed how whenever I was around, how she would cling to me. She was always with me whenever we were together and how she followed me around. I realized that she's seeing what her life could be in me. She's being informed mm -hmm. about what the world has to offer for her because there's nobody else in her life that's like her except me. So when she sees me, she is thinking, hey, this is what my life could be. And so honestly, that that gave me a new sense of purpose. That gave me a new sense of why I do what I do. And honestly, it makes me want to live even the more so and to contribute more because I recognize that it's not just about me. There is a legacy I'm leaving. I don't have any kids. I don't have any kids. After a 17-year marriage, I'm divorced so I'm newly single, but having to, to, but having seen, having her look at me and realize that what I do matters, not just in, okay, what do I do professionally and those kinds of things, but it matters to someone in terms of what their life could possibly be. And my thing is I want to show her that her life can be whatever it is that she decides that it can be. And uh, yeah, so impact and passions and being excellent and the things that we do are all themes that run really deep with me. And honestly, even this show, I appreciate the fact that you guys 
are willing to share your time, your interest, your expertise, your insights with me and, and this audience. And my hope is that even listening to this show, and I know this show is a little bit different uh, than what we would typically do. Typically we have a topic and we talk about that topic and we express our opinions, but we wanted to really give you an idea of who we are to understand the perspectives that we come from, to understand where those insights come from. And what I hope you have heard today is you've heard something that encourages you, that inspires you, that causes you to think about what is it that you're passionate about? What is the legacy that you want to leave? What are the areas that you see where you can be excellent or do you want to change something up? You literally could be like Richard and go from being a musician to an imagineer to to someone who just has much to offer and not only has it to offer, is offering it. Because I know that there are people that are watching this, you're watching this, you're listening to this right now. And there are so much that you could offer, but are you offering it? And so our encouragement is offer it, put it out there and watch the universe rise to meet you. Guys, thank you so much for sharing who you are and what Thank you it. are. And uh, certainly do appreciate it. So until the next time, we'll catch you on 3D View again. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on 3D View. Make sure to visit our website, ruglobal.com slash 3D View. That's ruhglobal.com slash 3D Or you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or join our YouTube channel so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we appreciate it if you would leave a like or comment or simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us a lot too. If you would like to join our conversations, you can join our Facebook community, 3D View, Three Perspectives, One Conversation.